Hi, welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with your host, Megan Tripp. Today with me, I'm very excited to have the host, one of the hosts of Maximum Film and uh, Mr. Christmas himself, Alonzo Duralde. Hi, Alonzo. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. So uh, we watched uh, The Christmas Train. For which I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) No need. (laughs) That's this movie seems like it was made specifically for my show in some ways (laughs) um you you seemed already familiar with it did you watch it when it came out in 2017 oh yeah yeah uh my um you know i I, about a decade ago i wrote a book about christmas movies and really kind of highlighting you know the classics and as my husband put it well now you've done it you've seen all the good ones and so now when the when the holidays <laughs> roll around you got to turn to Hallmark to find like stuff that you haven't seen before so i i, I generally refer to Hallmark movies as as my methadone basically of holiday movies like they they'll, they're not the real thing but they'll they'll do the trick <laughs> they tied you over exactly. until you can see another one <laughs> yeah um this this is one of the crown media hallmark movies as opposed to like the mar vista ones that they get kind of like secondhand um so there, there's uh, a little bit more quality to this movie well this was all first... this was also a hallmark yeah. hall of fame which you know yeah in the history of television used to mean something else entirely like the hallmark hall of fame was like one of the you know sort of jewels in the crown of television back in the day before what we you know now refer to as the golden age of quality tv or whatever but mm-hmm. now it, it was before prestige <laughs> exactly before prestige you had hallmark hall of fame which was like you know a couple of times a year they would do like uh the tv movies that would air on one of the major networks that had like big stars in it and usually you know that that some 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 very fancy material you know they did august wilson's the piano lesson they did the blackwater light ship and sarah plain and tall like these were these were kind of a cut above and nowadays the hallmark hall of fame generally means that it is a hallmark channel movie that has a slightly bigger budget so they've got some uh, a better echelon of names in it maybe a few more locations right. a little you know there's a, l- a little more uh, luxury you know of 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 getting these <laughs> movies made the way you want them but you know they are they still are very hallmarky yeah yeah this is based on a david balladucci book i think i, I think, think baldacci is how you say it baldacci yeah. okay yeah i um i've never read him but i feel like I've seen his names on a lot of books, so he seems to be one of those prolific uh, authors. Yeah, he he has now been adapted into like a Clint Eastwood movie and a Hallmark movie, so clearly he he covers wow. a broad spectrum Range. as an author. I would say, <laughs> yeah. Man, that would be like a cool thing to say about yourself. Like, I would dine out on that. Like, if I was at a <laughs> cocktail party, I'd be like, well. You know, I have range when it comes to my books. <laughs> I, I, you know, are you seeing Stephen King on the Hallmark Channel? I think not. No, you're not. <laughs> I would wonder how they would adapt a Stephen King well, book. Well, he, he, he would have to write something that would work. I mean, let's not forget, Christmas with the Cranks is based on a John Grisham novel. So, you know, anything is possible. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's that's true. That's a John Grisham novel? It is, yeah. Yeah. Is that the one where their neighbors are angry with them for not decorating? That's the one. <laughs> that movie was so bad. Yeah, not one of my favorites. But um, yeah, I think the, the Grisham, it, it was one of his sort of like, oh, this is a, a bagatelle between, you know, legal thrillers. <laughs> uh, it was called like Skipping Christmas or something. 
but yeah, that's John Grisham. You know, we, we, if they ever if they ever have to do a, a film festival of his stuff, it's going to be like the firm, the client, <laughs> Christmas with the cranks. <laughs> wow, wow, that's blowing my mind. I did not know that. Um, so yeah, this uh, this movie has like a a a cast that you at home have probably heard of these people unlike uh is is typical for hallmark movies we've got uh kimberly williams paisley and dermot karen holness well she's not one of them. uh dermot mulroney and uh, yeah, uh joan cusack and danny glover yeah. those are those are your yeah. big your big hitters here <laughs> I had too many tabs up and I was like, oh that not that person, not that person. <laughs> um so um gosh, my brain just stopped. McDermott, is that his name? Uh Dermot Mulroney, not to be confused with Dylan McDermott. Dermot Mulroney. The, the, Thank you. The end the endless the, 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 the ongoing confusion these two guys create. <laughs> exactly. So wait, which one is he again? I've already Dermot got. Mulroney is the one in this movie. <laughs> Dermot Mulroney. Yes. I think my brain's having a hard time accepting that Dermot is a first name. I'm hoping it's a family <laughs> name. I don't know, but then again, I, look, I would assume so. I, you know, I, I have no, I have no space to give anyone guff about having an unusual name. So you know, we all do. We all work I mean, with what we've got. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with it. It's just my brain is like, no, you're wrong, and I'm like, no, brain, that is his name. Um, <laughs> he is uh, playing a journalist who used to be a war correspondent, right. and. I don't know who he worked for. If it was like the Associated Press or something, we don't yeah, get those. We don't. Like we, we don't get that. We don't get that level of detail. But yeah, this is a guy no. who who was was like you know filing stories like under literal you know bombshells and 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 and, mm-hmm. and 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 you know sniper fire, and now writes like fluffy lifestyle pieces. Right, and we don't get like a full explanation as to how that happened if his if he wanted to stop writing uh, that uh, he seems pretty angry about having to write the fluff pieces yeah i think along the way we're supposed to understand you know spoiler we find out that the this woman that he encounters on the train he was always by his side when he was you know doing the 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 rough stuff and then like they broke up for whatever reason and then i think maybe that's what the 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 journalistic spark in him died and he just became a hack essentially right so he can only be a true journalist with her by his side, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, the, <laughs> the 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 he requires the emotional labor of women to to uh, to to <laughs> exist at at his best level. You know. So he has like some uh, amazing awards for his journalistic efforts, um, and we see that he's uh, about to leave his apartment, and uh, we get that "I'm a bachelor with no children" shorthand. He has a plant. <laughs> And he gives it to his neighbor, and he says, "Thank you for looking after my plant. Here's some Christmas presents. See you later." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was really confused as to where this train journey starts, what? but I think it starts in Toledo. Toledo, Ohio, <laughs> is where it's it's supposed to be. To be DC. They keep saying it's DC to LA. The Christmas train, four days, DC oh, to Los Angeles. Okay. And I think. 
that this is already how you know we're we're dealing in the realm of like holiday fantasy because I I think on its best day Amtrak is not going to get you from DC to LA in four days. Maybe I don't know enough about America's railroads, but that just seems real optimistic to me somehow. Yeah, I <laughs> I was looking at the goofs on uh, the IMDb page. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says the first aerial shot of the city skyline outside of Washington, D.C. incorrectly labels the city as Toledo, Ohio, <laughs> when it is clearly the city of Cleveland, Ohio. Well, yes, we all and saw I that coming. Like, <laughs> I'm sure if you're <laughs> in Ohio and these are important distinctions and you can you, you spot them immediately. But yeah, I have to <laughs> yes. admit I, that did escape me. But then again, like, you know, my own this is a, a, a my own local prejudice when they wind up in Los Angeles. It's like L.A has a beautiful train station. Union Station, you've seen it in a million movies. They still use it. Like, if, if you're ever trying to show, like, it's the 40s, the easiest thing to do is go shoot at Union Station because it still has this beautiful sort of deco look from when it was built and, you know, this big kind of cavernous, like, waiting room with, with you know, restaurants and whatnot. Uh, and, yeah, where they wind up is not Union Station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Um... I, I kind of kept forgetting where they had started and, and where they were ending up. And I think we should have had one of those like animated maps where you have like a little, oh, there you go. A little line. cartoon red line. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and Hallmark's not above that. They, I've seen movies no. where like road trips, they'll totally have the little, you know, the little station wagon icon moving its way. I mean, I mean, right. you know, moving its way across the United States when of course the entire thing is being shot in Vancouver, but we just, right, we, right. we accept this as, as part and parcel of the Hallmark experience. So this train experience is not just a, a train ride that is going to g- start in Washington DC and end up in LA during the week of Christmas or leading up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. It is the Christmas train. Right. And everyone's very excited to be a part of the experience of being on this particular line at Christmas time. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, of course, this is a thing that's being made up out of whole cloth. But I have to say it is one of those one of the elements of the film where you're like, oh, that could be actually kind of cool. You know, uh, yeah, like, that would be fun. like doesn't exist, but maybe should like maybe some yeah. version of this would be kind of <laughs> groovy. And, you know, like to, to be on a train that's really decorated and that, you know, is that there's that whole kind of holiday thing going on it, it, it you know there there's there's actual train travel and then there's movies about train travel you know mm-hmm. and movies about Very train different. travel make it seem so great and it uh, the real experience almost never lives up to it um I, yeah. there, I've actually heard lines in movies where people talk about, oh, I, I never sleep so well as when I'm sleeping on a train. And the, the last time I took <laughs> a long train um, ride, it was from from uh, Paris to Madrid uh, on a thing that doesn't exist anymore, but it was really kind of cool called the, the hotel train. And it was, you know, you, you, you would, they would serve you dinner, they served you breakfast, it was like tablecloths, the whole kind of thing. But Ooh. boy, you when it comes to sleeping time, like... It's you're in this narrow bunk bed and right. like you are constantly you're not just sort of rocking to and fro, you're rocking to and fro and left and right, like you're kind of moving in a square <laughs> formation. I couldn't sleep at all. I, I wound up like just sitting up in the bathroom with the light on and reading. It was just it, it was it was making me crazy. <laughs> yeah, it it sounds good in theory. Absolutely. Like, oh, the the gentle rocking of a train and 
I've I've never tried to sleep on a train. I've never taken a long journey on a train. Um, I, I think I've gone from like West Palm to Orlando. I think it's the <laughs> longest train journey I've ever had. Yeah, you think it's going to be like North by Northwest or Murder on the Orient Express, and it just right. it never quite is. But for movies like this, it's a fun fantasy. Yeah, their rooms when he boards is beautiful, and is he? like gonna sleep on the couch or is the couch a pullout because we do not see a bed uh it's probably a pullout uh usually the way that the like the one time i took an amtrak like i think god this was whew, back like 30 years ago almost uh dc to atlanta you know it was a the, the the room itself was like a cubicle it was not nearly the sort of like salon that these folks mm-hmm. seem to have but yeah it was like i think kind of a murphy bed situation where at night the bed comes down and then otherwise you can sit and look out the window and whatever um so yeah i'm assuming that's the deal um so he's he's going on this journey because his he's distantly related to mark twain and mark twain wanted to write about trains <laughs> and didn't get around to it so he has to do it <laughs> sure movie why not (laughs) i mean he could just it would have been so much simpler if he was like my dad loved trains and i want to connect with the memory of my father and i've been like all right like i don't need a literary reason for him to want to write about a train i I think it's supposed to tie into this whole like you know he's lost himself as a writer he's doing this crap you know like articles now and he needs to really you know write about something real like trains at christmas time (laughs) yeah i don't it it depends like why what motivates him to write and it seems the thing that he keeps saying about why he wanted to write is to make the world a better place so is he gonna write about the dark underbelly of amtrak like what (laughs) is his deal i don't understand well thankfully the movie doesn't linger too long on any of this because it's got much bigger fish to fry (laughs) everyone on this journey is super interested in each other's lives uh (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's kind of like it it, it's like a love boat episode but where it really but where but where all the (laughs) storylines inter overlap and intersect and 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 everybody's sort of like nudging each other and like asking personal questions and getting very involved in everybody else's like you know holiday journey um and part of it at the end you come to find out is is not accidental but a lot of it is Yeah, so when he's at the um, station, he talks to a man who used to work on the trains but was let go but still travels on train a lot and then will talk to the people who still work on the trains like, oh, you should do this and you should do that because I, I know I used to work on the trains. <laughs> and they're they're good with it because they know that he actually does know what he's talking about. Um, yeah, that, that's the kind of and... the kind of stock character you usually pull out in a disaster movie, you know, where yes. like there's one guy on the ocean liner or the airplane who like knows all the things and can provide very valuable like advice and exposition. Right. Um, and then we have uh, Joan Cusack's character, and she overhears um, John Langley. I think is the character's name. Tom Langdon. 
Tom Langdon. Yes. Man, I am so terrible with names. I don't know why I try. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, she overhears him talking. You just don't want to say Dermot. She... That's all this is about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My brain was like, stop saying Dermot. <laughs> um, so he's he's on the phone. And I thought it was a very chilly conversation. So I thought it was like his ex-wife and he had to like go meet his kids. <laughs> But no, he's talking to his girlfriend, yeah. his long distance girlfriend, and she's annoyed with him. Yeah, and she she does a lot of annoyed over the course of this movie. <laughs> you know, like that it is it is it is a you know it's a it's a rom com thing in general, and certainly in in Hallmark where you have like you know the the character often referred to as the Baxter, you know, the one who's clearly right. the wrong one, so that the hero or heroine can wind up wind up with the right one, and she's she's very much the wrong one every time she pops it up on screen and it's funny because part of what makes her the wrong one is that she's an actress and we know how terrible actresses are and it's like i love it yeah. i love it when <laughs> actresses have to play that and are basically yeah. being told yeah you're because of what you've chosen to do for a living you're the worst so play that <laughs> it's also funny because they're playing opposite other actors that too. who are playing salt of the earth people yeah like the message of the movie is oh don't be like these awful show folk you know right <laughs> yeah it's, there's a lot of layers going on there yeah um she's annoyed that he uh is taking four days to ride on a train to get out to her when he could have been there longer and spent more time with her right which seems reasonable <laughs> true Although, you know, it, she very clearly establishes a can you blame him because by being just generally annoying. Awful, yeah. She also later takes a phone call from him while she's in the booth doing voice work. And yes. I was like, leaves her, what? Leaves Why her, is your cell phone even there? Yeah, she leaves her ringer on. That's that's a classic yes. move for any voiceover artist will tell you. You really want to do that, you know. Yeah, it. And you see the the people she's she's working for in the other room, and they're like looking at their watch, and they're tapping their foot, and it's like, yeah, she's she's quite a character. Um, it, so he's he's on the train. He seems oh right. The point of all that was that Joan Cusack's character is like, oh, are you having relationship problems? And it's like. I do not know you, lady. <laughs> yeah, she she gets a super Budinsky real fast, and and we're sort of yeah because along the way some mysteries emerge. We're supposed to think, oh well, she's she's dubious, you know, like she's clearly <laughs> too involved in everybody's life and like lurking around corners and whatnot. And then you find out, you know, what's what the real deal is. Right. Um. She always has her door open and every time he passes by her open door in the hallway she calls out to him and says oh don't try to sneak past me i want to talk to you <laughs> and uh he's he's too nice to just be like oh well i'm on my way to whatever i'll catch you later he's yeah. like okay let's have a conversation because <laughs> it's it's a very neighborly train you know yes we also have a young couple they're in love and they want to get married at a train station. Is that right? They're eloping, I think, because his family is rich and she's from Kentucky or something. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it. yeah. I've I've never been to Kentucky, 
but I'm pretty sure she does not have a Kentucky accent. <laughs> oh, well, again. <laughs> pretty sure that's not it. <laughs> regarding my earlier comment regarding Vancouver, yeah, you're not going to necessarily get the, the, the crispest regional accents in these movies. Uh, because no. most of the cast, apart from like, well, you, you usually here's the deal: the the you know on on a standard Hallmark movie, if you have like one uh, actor who is well known from their TV work or from you know as a musician or whatever, and that person is American, that's going to be the one American in the movie, certainly the one lead, because their co lead will invariably have to be Canadian because. If you have two American leads in the movie, then you can't, you can't, you don't qualify for like the tax breaks that you get as a Canadian production (sighs) as if you pair them with, you know, somebody else. So that's why like the jackpot is if you can be a Canadian actor who gets famous on American television, then they can pair you with Mm. anybody, you know, like if you're Luke McFarlane, say, who, you know, was on Brothers and Sisters and is like you know, made a name for himself on, on various series, um, but who is a native Canadian, they can put him with any American like sitcom actress or whatever. And, 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 you know, you get, you get double star power and you still get to keep your like Canadian tax break. That's good to know if I ever need to make a movie, (laughs) which one day maybe I will. (laughs) It's the kind of thing where now that you know that, you'll notice it. I'll see it. Yeah, I'll see it all the time, I'm sure. Because I watch so many Hallmark movies that are very clearly uh, Toronto or Vancouver pretending to be an American city. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, beautiful country. Those are beautiful cities. It is. But But it's when you get into the weeds of like, hey, we're in Chicago. It's like, no, you're not. No, no, no you're not. No, you're not, though. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they... They're star-crossed lovers, and uh, they're going to get married at a train station, and the girl says it's because her grandparents were married at a train station, so she thinks it's super romantic. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, they have a conversation with our main character and fill him in on who they are and what they're about. And then he meets an old man named John who wants to read A Christmas Carol, which not to be, like, rude to John, who's having a difficult time reading it, but it is a very short book. <laughs> yeah, that's an afternoon at, at, the, at most, but, you know, John's a <laughs> like, widow, he's, <laughs> he's upset about things, he's got a lot on his mind. Yeah, I maybe it's just because the book reminds him too much of his wife, and he thought that would be a good thing, but it's actually... a a hard thing yes, and it's harder exactly. than he thought but um he, they just constantly run into each other and he keeps saying that he's having a hard time reading this book but he doesn't elaborate on why <laughs> it's just it's, it's hard to read <laughs> um and and you know it, it, in a lot of tv movies that the the, the 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 clincher would be an act two where he would admit that he didn't know how to read and then the hero would teach him how to read and that would be the big <laughs> uplifting moment but we don't get that here no, that's not what's going on with John. No. Um, oh, and then, of course, we have the love interest. And what's her character's name? Do you remember? El- Eleanor. Oh, yes. Eleanor. Formerly known as Ellie, but who's now much right. more grown up and goes by Eleanor. Yes. Uh, she 
obviously was a chorus war correspondent with the main character and then for reasons left and uh has now turned to fiction writing and is like a dramaturg i guess she like helps people fix their scripts and she's friends yeah yeah, and she's friends with max powers who has a suspicious amount of luggage that he's taking with him on this trip (laughs) Again, these Hollywood people, you know, they're just terrible. (laughs) (laughs) He's a director, and he wants her to write a um, screenplay for him to direct. And his only direction to her is, uh, set it on this Christmas train and go from there. And she's like, but I don't know how to write from scratch like this. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he wants to make a Christmas movie that is set on the Christmas train. So for research, he go he he's taking the trip, and yeah, he's trying to make her write a script. And she's like, "I don't." Uh, but uh, as we come to find out, he has other agendas of life. <laughs> I love his name is Max Powers. It was the only name that like burnt itself on my brain, apparently. But it's like <laughs> yeah, that's because a doozy. He... <laughs> because it seems that he does have maximum power he says numerous (laughs) times oh i get what i want and i'm like there's a version of this movie that is like a horror film where he keeps saying oh i get what i want (laughs) with very few revisions this becomes a horror movie because yeah he's there's so much manipulation going on and it's it to the extent where in a regular hallmark movie this is the guy who in the last five minutes turns out to be santa claus but no we're not going there but he does somehow like he is able to orchestrate really complicated stuff and you're just like i don't know how that happened but i guess when you're max powers that's uh that's what (laughs) you you have maximum powers (laughs) yeah yeah i it was funny i did not see this movie all the way through back when it came out but my mom or my sister was watching it and i saw Mm -hmm. part of it and uh, towards the end when things are revealed and i was gonna say you gotta see the last 10 minutes (laughs) yeah i I, and then I'm, i'm watching it what was it yesterday and i was like i i I remember there's some sort of weird twist but I don't remember what it is and so I kept on trying to remember and and when he keeps saying like oh I get what I want I'm like oh is he magic is that what's going on is he a magical person (laughs) that's not what's going on but it's close (laughs) no it it would make more sense if it did frankly but like there's a there's a thing about Hallmark and I don't I don't know this for a fact but just from my observation I think at a certain point they stopped doing movies literally where like Santa was a character or where it was understood that Santa was a character and this guy was sort of like magically making events happen and stuff and I don't know if it's because they were really trying not to offend their sort of like Christian fan base you know like if you've ever watched that show The Good Witch there's very little actual witchcraft ever going on I, I, oh, I, always, sure, sure. I always refer to that show as The Good Herbalist um, you know and so <laughs> I just I wondered if the idea of like an actual magical Santa was so, somehow too occult for for certain um, <laughs> Hallmark viewers so I, you know yeah they, they, they this one it's all it's all explained in quotes but it's, it's kind of like wow <laughs> this is we're we're swinging for the fences here on the on the yeah, just the logic of all of this. Yeah, it's quite a twisty twist when we get to it. Mm. Uh, Max Powers 
instantly falls in love with the young couple and when they go to one of their stops and realize that they will not be able to meet their officiant at the next stop he says oh well I technically can legally marry you if you want also I can make it a big production because I'm a director and I know people and we're gonna make this happen (laughs) and you're like what (laughs) I don't know why he He is is investing in this but sure (laughs) because he has max powers (laughs) Um, by the way, there's a whole other plot that, that has, that begins around this point, which is that things on the train start going missing. People's personal belongings Uh, are, 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 they think, did I lose my sunglasses? Where's my model train? What happened to my pen? Like it, like it, it's this thing that, that, that keeps happening, uh, eventually getting to the couple who, who the rings are gone. So it's like, you know, it's just right. one thing after another for these kids. Like, you know, the, the, one catastrophe after another. And But then, of course, <laughs> Tom steps up because he has been apparently never without the ring that he was going to propose to Ellie with on his this person at I all times. This is what I don't understand. So if he has the rings, is it because he's using the same bag that he used to use when he was traveling with her and he's never taken the rings out of this bag or is it literally on him at all times because he's dating someone else and it's been years so what the hell (laughs) yeah that's the thing it's like i mean you do kind of feel bad for the actress girlfriend you're like all right if this guy's been literally lugging around a totem of this (laughs) relationship clearly you were never a hundred percent in the game here because like (laughs) you still are carrying this torch for for Ellie, you know, so yeah, it doesn't necessarily speak well for him. But the, yeah, I think the idea we're supposed to believe is that he has literally always had them on his person, you know, um, which is which is a weird kind of dress for the job you want thing. I don't know what what's going on there, but yeah, that's that's that deal. Yeah, that that was surprising. It's also strange when all the things go missing because they're all of various value, like the yeah. pen he said was sentimental to him but like was just a pen really um ellie slash eleanor loses uh earrings which are of sentimental value again but aren't particularly high-end they're the earrings that um our main character gave to her for one christmas um and the the toy train doesn't have any value yeah, I, it's, it's almost like, uh, yeah. you know, I, I thought, oh, is, there, is there a magpie on board? Because it just seems That's like these are shiny That's literally what I objects. said. Everything's shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this, like, mental image of, like, a human-sized magpie, and everyone's just like, oh, happy Christmas, and no one ever comments <laughs> on the fact that there's a giant magpie that's in their presence. <laughs> or that crab from Moana, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> shiny. <laughs> Because it's just like, it is literally just shiny things. So strange. I I will say this movie does do a good job of throwing a lot of red herrings at us. Because usually, even in like mainstream movies, you know, the the, the old Roger Ebert law of the economy of characters kicks into play. You know, like I just watched The Ice Road, this terrible um, Liam Neeson movie on Netflix. And it's like you pretty much immediately know who the bad guy is because of just sheer right. process of elimination. Uh, but this one, <laughs> you, you have, you. you have, exactly. You, you've got like, you've got Joan Cusack being weird until you know why she's being weird. You've got, um, 
You've got the, the, the widow who won't read the book. You've got the old guy who used to work for the railroad and maybe carries some resentments. You have the <laughs> psychic lady who's going around like oh, yes. reading people's auras or something. So they at least throw in some characters where you're not entirely sure like what's going on and who's to blame. And a bunch of choir boys at some point, too. <laughs> oh, right. They're going to have a concert in L.A., I guess. Or, yeah, you know, at Christmas, the way you do, you, you travel cross-country as a child to sing in another city. <laughs> I mean, there are children's choirs that do travel. You typically would not travel by train. <laughs> you would well, typically, at, like, all fly together or take a charter bus. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't yeah, take and a train. I, and I, th- I, th- I think you wouldn't also leave your family three days before Christmas, you know, but yes. in these movies... <laughs> that is also strange. In, in another, another sort of recurring thing for these movies is that, like, all major business decisions are made, <laughs> like, on the 24th or 25th of December. Like, it is not a world right. where everybody shuts down their office about a week before Christmas and doesn't come back until New Year's. Oh, no, 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 no. All the big decisions, yeah. all the major meetings, all the inter- the job interviews, everything of any, like the entire engine of American business as shot in Canada happens on December 24th and 25th. <laughs> I mean, so I guess it would make sense that also... Like- Sorry, it would make sense if you're doing like end of year like accounting or financials, but like sure. yeah, it doesn't make any sense of like, oh, well what are we going to print in the spring as a publishing industry? Let's figure that out on the 25th. Oh, it's no, no, like, no. You, like it's it's always or like like newspapers trying to come up with their big Christmas day piece and they're literally like, you know, we're going to make a final decision <laughs> yeah. on Christmas Eve like mm, no, right. no, that's, we're not we're not doing that. But you know, so so in that in that context, it does make sense that children would be ripped from their loving homes days before <laughs> Christmas to take a train halfway across country to perform on the West Coast. For all we know, they're orphans, <laughs> and this is a way for them to raise money for the orphanage. Because all we Who do knows? is see them sing a couple times, and then they open presents on Christmas Eve. Uh, right. I don't even know if they have that's dialogue. Their function. <laughs> no. One kid is very excited that they get to eat uh, dinner at the uh, train station, though. (laughs) Ah, this is true. (laughs) They're like, oh, who wants to eat? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, have they not been feeding you? This is not okay. Finally, food. (laughs) Uh, We should mention, this this is directed by Ron Oliver, who is, I think, in the upper echelon of folks who make these movies, he he like uh, like a lot of filmmakers now. Th- there's an interesting kind of genre pivot where uh, you see a lot of former horror guys now doing Christmas movies. Um, see, and a lot of King could get in there. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> it's not too late. Um, and and also like a lot of even like horror studios like Asylum and stuff are making movies, you know, along these lines. But you know, Ron Oliver did um, Prom Night 2, Hello, Mary Lou. And, um, you know, is, you know, racked up some 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 good credits there. And as like he's probably of the people who regularly make Hallmark movies, I'd say one of if not the best of them. Like he he, he has a sense of kind of 
old Hollywood style, you know, he'll throw in references. Like, he did a movie a couple years ago called Christmas at the Plaza, and they managed to work in, like, references to Eloise and North by Northwest and all these other kind of pop culture things that, that you think of when you think of the Plaza, you know. And I think in this movie, he's really kind of, like, trying to, you know, with with the means that he has, is trying to give this some, like, some visual pizzazz. He's, you know, he's, I think, finding fun things for the actors to do. And, of course, uh, and we talk about this in the, the the book that I have coming out this year with the Deck Hallmark podcast, um, Kenny the Bartender is played by an actor named Nelson Wong. And if you really pay close attention to the films of Ron Holliver, um, he almost always has a character named Kenny who is played by Nelson Wong. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's a fun That's thing funny. to follow from film to film yeah <laughs> I did recognize him and I think I recognized him from Christmas at the Plaza but I feel like he has popped up quite a bit and yeah, oh, yeah. I'd be interested to go back and see you know the yeah, even in the non-Christmas stuff like I think he pops yeah. up in in some of the like picture perfect mysteries and yeah like it's it's a it's an ongoing you know bit that that, that he works him in so that's always, <laughs> it's always fun to look for if you know the if you know to look for it yeah that is fun he's always playing like the super helpful super cheery guy he's like yeah he's, he's always, yeah he's a bit he's a bit of a pain in uh the the uh a timeless Christmas where he's like the, the, the guy who runs the, the tours through this historical home where the dude who once owned it travels through time and winds up in the 21st century. Uh, and he's, he's, he's very kind of like, all right, let's go. We got to move, move it along. But it's, you know, that it's a, that's a rare cranky Kenny. Usually. Yes. Kenny is very helpful <laughs> and very friendly. Yeah. That's so funny. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> um, Oh, when Eleanor and the main character first meet, it's at Max Powers's invitation to dinner, and Eleanor right. says she's gonna get off at the next uh, train station and and fly because she doesn't want to be on the train stuck with this guy anymore. But there's like I guess a weather or no, everyone's booked everything because it's Christmas week. Right. And so she's she's so, stuck and they sort of begrudgingly stuck. have to spend time together and then at some point they get off the train at one of the stops and like sneak into Chicago. a gala and uh, is it Chicago okay yeah and they have actually what's a, what is a really charming like dance scene together. Yeah. Um they they drink some champagne and they uh, her hair literally undoes itself as he dips her. And they, you, <laughs> so she's literally letting her hair down, uh, yes. and and they uh, they you can see that they actually do have chemistry because up until this point they're pretty prickly with each other, um, right. and now we get to see that oh maybe they would be good together if they like both let their guards down. Yeah, maybe his hair needs to come down too. Maybe. <laughs> um, so then we hit a blizzard because, of course, there's always a blizzard. And the train gets stuck and they go trooping out into the woods to find somebody, which, again, this could be a horror movie real easily. Uh, <laughs> yes. And somehow by finding a dude with a horse and carriage, that helps. I 
I, I forget what the mechanic this, this part always baffles me because it's like what are you actually going to fix by going out and leaving the train did they, did they find a phone I forget what the thing is yeah they, they just want access to a phone because mm. they're they don't have cell service and they're unable to use the communication in the train because it broke because of it being stuck i'm not sure why the communication in the train doesn't work but it doesn't work so they have to uh go someplace nearby and use their phone so they do right right and then uh, while and- they're tramping about he admits that he's having fun and it's been the first time that he's had fun in a long time and he's always loved right. adventuring with her so just as they're finally starting to like, you know, make the eyes at each other and clearly like fall back into coupledom, who should pop up but the terrible actress? <laughs> <laughs> who, yeah, I think surprise. She, yeah, I think she comes in um before they go tramping and get like stuck, but after like right before they're going to kiss each other in Chicago. She's like, right. I'm going to Af- join you for part of this journey so we can spend time together. And he's like, oh, bad timing. <laughs> yeah, she shows up post-kiss pre-Blizzard and is mainly interested in, like, trying to get an audition out of Max Powers. Like, that's... Yeah, she barely, it, it like, seems... She, she's barely got time for Dermot Mulroney once she realizes that, like, somebody who might someone who might hire her for a high-profile production is on board. Yeah, she... It almost seems as if she knew he was going to be on the train before she even got there. (laughs) Which, when you find out the twist, I guess makes sense. But (laughs) before the twist is like, wait, did the main character tell you that he was on board when you called him? Or did you just just stalk filmmakers? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe he put it on his Instagram or Twitter and then she's like, aha, I know where I can find you. (laughs) (laughs) The Um, Christmas train, you say? (laughs) I know about the Christmas train. Um, So yeah, she's very excited about this very basic black and white dress that she has on. And she's been invited to dinner by Max Powers, and she is talking like a mile a minute and not picking up the fact that her boyfriend is uninterested in her entirely. Right, um, and and oh, Ellie's and then just he, kind of... Uh, she actually proposes, right? Oh, that's right. Yes, she does. I forgot. Uh, yes, yeah, so she she pops the question, you know, mainly just to, to, to make Ellie think, okay, well, fine, then this is done, or, you know, this is not happening. Um the, these movies have more half-heard and misunderstood conversations than, like, the entire run of Downton Abbey. <laughs> like, it, it, it is a given that, like, if two people are getting to know each other and they're just about to hit it off, one of them will see the other one in a completely innocuous situation where they're, like, hugging someone else or, like, you know, holding hands with their ex or something and see it from a distance and without ever having a conversation about it, turn on their heel and be like, oh, fine, I guess it's over. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Granted, the the, the better Hallmark movies are smart about this. They either either come up with a better third act complication or will have the thing happen and then have the next scene have them talk about it like grown-ups. This is the exception yeah. and not the rule, but it's always nice when it happens. 
Yeah, she she's popping the question to him, and he's like, uh, 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 and then she's like, "We'll take a couple days," and then he's like, "I'm gonna go get a drink," and then she's like, "Oh, when will you be back?" And he's like, "A couple of days, haha," <laughs> and he like <laughs> and I was like, I'd be so pissed if I like asked my boyfriend to marry me, and he was like, uh, "I'm gonna get the hell away from you," like. Could you at least say, like, uh, I don't want to break up with you, but I'm not sure if I want to be married, but we should circle about this later when I'm, because you're kind of throwing me off. <laughs> but, like, he's just like, I'm, I'm not trying to write about the Christmas train, damn it. <laughs> I have a lot of my mind a right now. <laughs> That's right. Mark Twain. <laughs> the Choo Choo Twain. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 Truman Capote character in Murder by Death is named Lionel Twain. Because, <laughs> you know, Lionel is the toy train. That... Okay, never mind. I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> This might be a joke for people over the age of 40. <clears throat> uh, oh, so they all have dinner together. Max and Ellie slash Eleanor, the main character and the actress girl, and the actress right. just prattles on about how she wants a role. It's so cringy. She's like, so why didn't I get that role? And it's like, <laughs> did he even see you read for it? Like, at what level was he involved with this casting? And yeah, does again, he remember like- it was a long time ago? <laughs> I, I, I love the idea of actors having to play actors like like the worst kinds of actors, the neediest, graspiest, uh-huh. you know. And it's like, oh man, that's y'all. This is what all of you do for a living, and you're all just going to perform this for to 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 remind people how like you know, <laughs> show business is 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 facile and vacuous, and and you know mm-hmm. the, the real people are like the war correspondents and and the you know the train detectives. We learned, by the way, that, that, God uh, bless the that train Joan detectives. Cusack is the, is the train detective, the 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 like the 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 the, tr- the train version of an air marshal, I guess. But like, I don't know if she's packing yeah. heat or anything. I I don't know. <laughs> we know uh, that she the, likes the magpie... to have a little. Sorry, she likes to have a little uh, Christmas tree on her table, and yes. she yes, she does, and. <laughs> Uh, and then she it turns out she's lonely. estranged from her she's estranged from her son and Dermot Mulroney gives her some valuable advice about that the magpie turns out to be the widower yes I saw it's this movie gone. like two weeks ago and I've already forgotten the details yes the widower is the magpie and he gives everything back including the except ring except for the train so the, oh that's right they never talk about the train coming back uh, oh, during the blizzard, well, by the way, old rail, old railroad guy proves himself to be invaluable, of course. Yeah, because I think he understood that the they were just going to be stuck there forever if they didn't call for help. And he knew right. of a nearby ranch, so he was able to provide uh, directions to yes. the main character to go out there. Right. So he saves so then the day. he gets his his job back and everyone's like, Hooray. <laughs> so so yeah, so finally this the train is pulling into Los Angeles, we get the reveal. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Would you like to explain the reveal? (laughs) Sure. So, (laughs) if you thought it was strange that Max Powers had quite so much luggage, and you thought it was strange that he was able to, like, put on a wedding for that young couple that seemed to emotionally manipulate the two leads into uh, having to explain to them why they should not give up on love and maybe look inside and see how they themselves gave up on love. And uh, they get recruited as best ma- best man and maid of honor, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, so they can stand there and soak it all in. Right. Yes. And be like, oh, right. First love. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you notice that the little snow machine that was creating fake snow at the wedding said um, Max Power Productions. So, like, why did he have that with him? And everyone seems a little too into each other's lives, and including the psychic who literally is able to tell Ellie, oh, you were in Israel, and that's when you walked away from something important in your life. And then Ellie's like, it wasn't that important. And also, how do you know this? And like, oh, you're psychic, I guess. If you thought, oh, that's a lot of weird coincidence. (laughs) It's not weird coincidence. Max Power, who is only kind of sort of friends with this person he works with, decides she needs to be with her former lover. And so when he finds out that he's going to be writing about this, says, we need to go on this train to do research but really he just wants them to see each other and then that's not good enough he has to recruit actors (laughs) earlier we saw the sag card of the man in that young couple uh because he's an actor who's been paid by max power (laughs) to say certain lines to get certain results there's like a script that gets tossed into a garbage right, can. Right, they find in the trash can. <laughs> and they find So the, it. we find out the the the, 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 the eloping couple take. are actors, the psychic is an actor, and the actress is an actor, right? Like, even she's in on it. Um, yeah, she's in on but it. Then it but, but, but it. But it turns out, like, Joan Cusack, not an actor, the widow, not an actor, the train guy, not an actor, but they somehow manage to, like, tie into it all beautifully anyway. So yeah, and so Magpie, it's just, it I is guess, this, isn't an actor either. Ex- exactly, yeah, the widower. So it, it's this bananas thing of like, oh, so it's not just like <laughs> a completely improbable coincidence. It's the even more improbable notion that like you've scripted this entire journey, um, which is a big, big swing. And and the thing is, part of why it, that doesn't quite land, and this is from the book, mind you, so it's not the filmmaker's fault, but part of why that doesn't land is that. Um, Hallmark movies tend to kind of operate in this with this level of contrivance anyway. So like sure. it would not be uncommon in a movie to have this couple who hasn't seen each other in decades reunite on the Christmas train to right. be involved with a young couple that's always, like all the things that happen in this movie because Max Powers made them happen could just happen in a normal Hallmark movie and they'd be fine with that. Like this this level of coincidence. Like maybe not the psychic. They don't usually have psychics. Maybe, maybe not the psychic. Yeah, but for the most part Everything like else this, is this, fine. this isn't this isn't operating on uh, on a realm that's that far removed from what would just happen spontaneously in one of these movies. So the notion that oh no no no, no this it's time fate. it's because <laughs> it was meticulously crafted and it's like and so meticulously crafted that there's no way that you could have 
all of these moving parts working together so incredibly well. It's it's bananas this twist. <laughs> well, because you don't you can say all right, um, you're supposed to break up in a very showy way in front of these people mm. and hope that they come after you and try to get you back together. What would right. have happened if neither of those characters did that? If they were like, well, I respect your <laughs> privacy and it seems that you have a lot to work out and I hope you're able to work it out, but I'm not going to like try to convince you to get back together. Then what do you I do? I like to think that... <laughs> I like to think of the, the like the, the the script of the 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 Max Powers script of how this journey was going to go was like he had like a whole Bandersnatch flow chart going on like okay if this happens then da 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 but then if that happens uh-huh. you know this whole crazy choose your own adventure yeah because there's yeah there's so ma- there's so many variables at play here but yet they they manage to like everything happens exactly the way that the godlike Max Powers assumed they would and so you know it all falls into place and then at the end you would think that ellie would be furious at having been right. manipulated by her employer back into the arms of her ex but it's all like oh ha, 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 merry christmas everybody you know it's yeah it's bonkers she's <laughs> delighted that he cares so much for her she's delighted that yeah. everyone did this for her she's not like oh i'm so mad she's like oh what a wonderful ruse <laughs> exactly i mean like this is beyond gaslighting but you know it's like well you gotta admire the effort that went into it you know <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> like it's, it's gobsmacking there's an old paul bartell short um called the secret cinema which he actually remade for um steven spielberg's amazing stories series and it's basically about a young paranoid woman who is like goes to her therapist and is convinced that that the, the people are like contriving to like create embarrassments for her and are secretly filming it and they're all gathering together at the secret cinema to watch it and the therapist is like trying to tell her no 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 of course not but it turns out no it's actually true and he's in on it um oh. you know and it's just it's just it's just it's funny awful. short but this but this expands the idea out so far and like that no one is supposed to know <laughs> until the very like if they hadn't found that pages in the wastebasket they never would have figured it out it's like oh man you're asking a lot of uh, you know of the audience yeah. here it's it's sociopathic is what it is it's like who's that guy that yeah who's that guy in britain who's like i'm gonna make you push someone off the building and then it turns out they're like hooked up and and they're not gonna die but we're gonna make it look like you would have murdered this person because of peer pressure or something oh god well i mean it kind of it it brings (laughs) up uh what who's the there was that movie Experimenter a few years ago, and it's about this actual um, the 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 study where people would uh, uh, the Stanley Milgram experiments, where where basically oh, the a, electric a, shocks somebody in a, in, exactly somebody in a white lab coat tells you to apply the electric shocks to the person on the other end, and even though that person isn't really being shocked, they're like screaming through a loudspeaker, and people would just keep pushing the button because somebody in a lab coat told them to do it, and it was you know the 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 idea being that like people will blindly follow authority whether it's nazis or anything else if they feel like oh well this they, they told me to do it so i had to do it um yeah it, the, the, this this like i said this could be a horror movie with very few revisions yeah. <laughs> which is yes. which is not uncommon in the christmas genre like i have a friend who totally wants to remake <laughs> the melissa joan hart mario lopez movie uh, holiday in handcuffs oh yeah she, she goes, I want to do it as a horror movie without changing one word in the screenplay, and I think I could do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it would just be a change in score, a change in the way exactly. that the performances were delivered. Um, yeah, the lighting. But, yeah, <laughs> and the lighting. Uh, and then you could do, yeah, you could literally keep the same script. <laughs> that would totally work. <laughs> There's also a movie with Danica McKellar where she um, has a Christmas Eve dinner with her family and her family friends, including the son of a family friend who she oh, slowly uh, falls in love with over love many years. The, love at the Christmas table. Yes, love at the Christmas table. And uh, when I was talking to uh, Sarah If Decker, she was like, <laughs> there's the scene where he shows her what their house could look like if it were real, but he makes it right. out of cardboard. And it just seems like he's lost his mind. And he's like, you will live with me in my little cardboard house. And <laughs> you will take care of my little cardboard son. And you will act like this is all real. <laughs> Uh, that's one read i kind of like that movie just because i think the cardboard house feels like something that michelle gondry would do you know (laughs) i don't know if i know who that is oh uh he did uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and um okay he he does a lot of stuff like like i think the science of sleep there's a there's a whole thing where like gail garcia bernal creates a whole like cardboard world or house or something and it 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 it, it, it uh, to me it falls in the kind of whimsy that gondry would do but it, it, i could see very easily where yeah this is like <laughs> this is like a demented man with a red crayon you know <laughs> right right <laughs> so everything turns out okay that the two young actors have actually fallen in love for reals after they spent yes. all this time together um the they were so irritating to me when i thought they were a real couple because she keeps on saying it's a sign we shouldn't be together and it's like if you're that (laughs) apt to be read omens into yeah yeah then you're not ready to get married like just wait like what is wrong with you (laughs) just say you want to break up god (laughs) uh joan cusack reunites with her Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. No, no one's. You're not like it's not like a shotgun wedding here. You just want to do it, right? Yeah, Joan Cusack is reunited <laughs> with her son. Um, the actress ostensibly that... is going to play Ellie in the movie of this eventually. Maybe I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Oh no, she says she wants to play a villain because they're more fun. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> I thought the the reunification between Joan Cusack and her son was really weird. I couldn't really put my finger on so? what exactly was so weird about it. Well, you know, I mean, it, it is this emotional moment involving a character we have literally never seen before. You know, right. they, 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 this guy, <laughs> that, that is part this guy of shows up at the very end of the movie and like, you know, and, but the thing is, you know, she sells it, I think. And so, um, yeah. you know, the, I, I, I think there's a lot in this movie where, as 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 odd or or you know improbable as a lot of it seems like if you didn't have like Danny Glover and Joan Cusack mm-hmm. like firemen's carrying this movie to a place the place where it is now <laughs> it would be even more like what <laughs> I will say Danny Glover as Max Powers does diffuse some of the creepiness and sinister quality that this character would have otherwise yeah. cuz he is charming 
Uh, you, it, it's, it's kind of like you want to see Danny Glover play Satan after this, like because he <laughs> has he he does a lot of like the hands together, like clearly just relishing the manipulation uh-huh. that he's doing and the control of everybody else, and and this this like he is he's playing a long game, obviously the whole movie. Yeah. So you know you you really want to see him like tempting someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that would be interesting if there was like a whole series of like Max Powers <laughs> implicates himself in the lives of other people. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and I ha- tries to manipulate them to- ha- for their own good. I have a lot of money and access to actors and practical effects. I can make this right. happen. <laughs> I was thinking, wouldn't it be interesting if ABC like had a TV show that was like a prank show, but it was like. A, a nice prank where it was like we're trying to get you to fall in love with someone you think you should be with or we're we're trying to make you feel more confident in your skills so that you're able to actually get a real job later or yeah but see i think I in real know how that it, would work. i think in, in real life the reveal is not going to go as swimmingly as it does here you know? no no i i think you're gonna get what was that fox uh tv show where everyone was an actor except for one guy Oh, is it like um, average Joe or something. Yeah, uh, Josh was it Joe Schmo or yeah, I think yeah Joe the yeah. Joe Schmo the Joe Schmo show. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah, that was yeah. that was kind of brilliant actually. <laughs> where it was a, a reality show where only one person was a legit contestant and everybody else was playing a role. <laughs> and then when it gets revealed, he's just so sad and everyone immediately feels terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he thought That's he made some like real friendships. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, I thought we were in love, but no, you were just manipulating me so never mind you were just I'm trying to make me feel confident and now i don't feel confident i feel i feel the opposite of confident how could you do exactly. this <laughs> you've destroyed me <laughs> so that was the christmas train <laughs> yes it was uh so we have uh one two five stars in terms of quality and uh, one, two, five, whatevers in terms of mockability. Uh, I don't know if you want to do uh, toy trains or <laughs> uh, 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 holiday-themed cocktails, perhaps. <laughs> oh, that was another thing that bothered me. He was like, "Have the Grinch, and you'll your heart will grow you'll, three sizes bigger." <laughs> you'll think it's Christmas every day. <laughs> you'll think it's Christmas every day, or have yeah. the mistletoe, and you'll fall in love or you'll be kissing everybody or something but he never says what's, what's in it like no I say, what's, what's in, in these trays don't sounds like you're trying to roofie me here i don't know what the deal yeah is. it's like um yeah those those kind of are those are nuts uh i would say quality now are we are we bearing this are we basing this on like overall cinema quality or compared to other hallmark movies quality because i think yeah. overall quality it's a, maybe like a it's like a two but if we're gonna if we're on the hallmark scale it's a five like this is this is <laughs> uh well no i'll say a four i'll say there, there are ones i think that are that are better but like it, just in terms of the trappings like how this movie looks you know the number of locations who's in it um like this is yeah definitely a four i think this this is a, a higher level like you could show this movie to somebody and they would think that all Hallmark movies are this like schwanky and they are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say in terms of production quality, um, 
and you know like we said Joan Cusack and and uh Danny Glover uh thank you I was like Donald Danny damn it which one (laughs) 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 Uh, and And I'll uh, say it so you don't have to Dermot Mulroney (laughs) thank you Dermot Mulroney is a very attractive man I never made an emotional connection with him the entire movie so that hurt it for me uh Um, i don't know if that was the writing or uh because he's such a a weird kind of stereotype of a writer without feeling like a real person or if that's yeah i'm gonna say the i'm I'm gonna say the writing i think he's generally a pretty good actor but yeah the the he's he's playing a type you know the the sort of like and it's weird, like you know, I think in a in a in a non Hallmark movie, you'd have this former war correspondent would probably be like your sort of two fisted, hard drinking, you know, typewriter kind of guy. But you can't do that in these movies, so he's just sort of sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he and he's having, like and he's gonna have a Grinch at the bar, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is what, like an apple teeny? Like, I don't know. Uh, who, <laughs> I still don't know what never, it is. Well, we, we, we may never know. Uh, and then it's, what, <laughs> what's the other scale? Mock, mockability or? Yes. Or in this case, maybe mocktail ability. Mock, there you go. Ooh, nice. Mocktail ability. I would say, again, a four because, yeah, there's a there's a lot that just along the way is kind of bonkers. And then that the twist at the end is, is next level. Like, whoa, that's what we've been doing this whole time? Whoa, you know. <laughs> I would kind of love having this on in the background um, at a Christmas party and, like, encouraging people to, like, play games, do jigsaw puzzles, talk, not pay too much attention to the movie. But then when we got, like, 30 minutes out and they're, like, stuck in the past, be like, make it seem like I cared so much about this movie. Be like, guys, 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 we have to watch the last 30 minutes of this movie. It's so romantic and so earnest and great. And they're like, oh, it's kind of nice that they're all spending Christmas together and giving each other gifts that were meant for their families which is odd but nice i guess and and then they get the reveal and them all just like turning on me and being like what the hell is this <laughs> i think that would be a well, fun the, prank to play <laughs> the the idea of these movies being on in the background i think is is a key part of their appeal like yeah. i I, th- I think there's something to be said for like if you are addressing christmas cards or or wrapping gifts or something like this is i think a lot of times hallmark movies are designed to be the thing you're paying the third most attention to um absolutely but what's great (laughs) what's great about them is that like they will they will wherever a scene is taking place they will cover it with garland and twinkle lights and you know ornaments and trees like you could be in a hospital and they'll like find a place to like stick all of that stuff in so Mm -hmm. basically if you're just like occasionally looking at the screen you're guaranteed to see something festive you know whether it's an actual (laughs) snowball fight or cookie making scene or just like i said some guy in a hospital bed that happens to have like ten thousand feet of garland wrapped around it you know you're always just going to get that little that little endorphin hit of like ah christmas (laughs) (laughs) it's like one step above watching like uh what is it those those channels of uh uh fireplace fireplace (laughs) Well, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, I think, I think, the, I think there's definitely that. 
there is somebody uh, in the chain in the production chain that's like every scene has to have this stuff because it just it mm-hmm. has to be there when whenever anybody is looking um and you know I, there was i had i went through a phase and, and every so often i'll get in the mood to do it where if you go to youtube and just put in like christmas commercials and you see like old or even more current but like but like like an hour of 1970s 1980s christmas commercials <laughs> it's kind of the same effect because you're just constantly seeing like carolers and snow and you know the gazebo and people in top hats or whatever and it's that same level of like i'm looking at i'm looking at a greeting card basically i mean let's not forget like the you know this is a this is a channel that is owned by a greeting card company these movies are kind yeah. of live action greeting cards and that you may not necessarily have a strong emotional investment in the people who are sledding but you're watching them sled <laughs> and it just makes you feel christmasy <laughs> so this sort of christmasy background noise that you enjoy is this something you enjoy like we're doing a Christmas in July episode. Do you ever observe Christmas in July or are you strictly it's the last week of November to December? Let's do this. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes and no. Like in terms of actual like, you know, actually celebrating or putting up decorations or any of that stuff, you know, I definitely try and keep that stuff to the season. But as far as like consuming Christmas media, I pretty much will do that all year. Because it's, it's sort of my happy place. Like I think during the Trump administration, it was very much like, you know, well, I can either, you know, see if I can get a Xanax prescription or I can just like have this Hallmark <laughs> Channel movie on in the background and it will it will lo- decrease my heart rate. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's just it, it is it's become a thing for me where it, it is it is my my wallpaper, um, you know, and if, as with everything in my life that that is my my you know avocation i turn it into my vocation i wound up writing a book about hallmark christmas movies with the deck the hallmark guys so now it'd be there's an element of like i have to keep up with these and i need to know what's going on and and you know uh, so so it gives me an excuse to sort of stay up to date and maybe check out some older ones that i've never seen before but yeah I, for me you know i i think it's just it is my it is my screensaver of bliss, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> it, it, the, for, for for some people have sports, and some people have you know like they'll they'll you know uh, certain kind of music or whatever will will. It's just this is my thing where it like I just it just I know it's going to be relaxing, and I don't have to think too hard about it, and it's just there. Yeah, I I definitely use Christmas music to de stress. Uh, like if if you see mm-hmm. me at work. Uh, it'll it'll be like kind of alternative music on a on a normal day uh jazz if i'm feeling a little stressed uh alternative rock like disturbed kind of like yelly music if i'm really stressed (laughs) and then christmas music i'm like extremely stressed (laughs) i need to calm down and the only thing to bring me into a good place is some like bing crosby or something Don't don't talk to Megan. I heard jingle bells coming out of her earbuds. It's it's bad. You it's, need us. It's one of those days. Back. It's one of those days. <laughs> um. Well, where can the fine people uh, find your work, Alonzo? Ah, uh, well, if you follow me uh, on Twitter at a Duralde, a d u r a l d e, I pretty much link to everything that, that I've got going on. But uh, you can read me at the Wrap, where I'm a reviews editor. Uh, I co-host several podcasts, including Maximum Film, as you mentioned, Linoleum Knife, which I've been 
doing with my husband, Dave White, for more than 10 years now. Uh, breakfast all day. And then Mondays, I'm on Deck the Hallmark talking about non-Hallmark vintage Christmas TV movies, including Love at the Christmas Table. That's how I came up with that one so fast. We did an episode about it not that long ago. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and the Deck the Hallmark guys and I collaborated on a book called uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas Movies. Um which has reviews of more than 100 and I think it's reviews of 116 Hallmark Christmas movies. I think it's a, it's a fun guide for people who are interested in the phenomenon behind these movies, people who are fans, people who need to buy a Christmas gift for somebody they know who is super into these movies. You know, I think you'll all be happy with it. Excellent. Uh, and that comes out in September, right? Yes. Awesome. So... All y'all out there can uh, call your local bookstores and go ahead and uh, pre-order that. I, I hear that that's a thing yes. that authors like. <laughs> Pre-ordering For sure. yeah, it's, is it, a big deal. Yeah, it, 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 it primes the pump, as it were. Like, it lets the retailers know, <laughs> oh, there's interest in this thing. I should get more copies of it. Um, but yeah, pretty much anywhere where books are sold online or if you, want to, if you have a local indie bookstore to support, so much the better. Uh, but yeah, you can pre-order it now. It'll be out in September. Awesome. And uh, we will see you, we being me. <laughs> I always make it sound <laughs> like I have a whole... Uh, the royal us that the, right like we at not another bad movie podcast which is just me um, we'll see you in two weeks uh for more christmas in july stuff uh shout out to mike bastios who composed the music you can follow the show at nabm podcast on twitter uh you can email the show at not another bad movie podcast at gmail.com and if you want to tell your friends who don't listen to podcasts already to go to not another bad movie podcast dot com, or all your podcast listening friends to uh, go to their usual spots to listen to the show, I would very much appreciate it. Alonzo, thank you so much for being on. I've so much enjoyed. Thanks talking for having to you. me. It's been a treat.